If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com Registered Training Organisation 31352 our guest today is Elizabeth McMaster. Elizabeth started off as an eventing specialist coach and she's a rider, trainer and coach, but since then she's moved on to dressage, so she probably specialises more in dressage these days. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm well, thank you. <laughs> good, good. Elizabeth, we start off with a favourite quote that you may have used teaching or one that's inspired you, influenced you with horses. What have you got for us today? Um, your horse is your mirror. I can't give you the whole long quote in German. Mm. The other one I've heard is show me your horse and I'll know how you live, which suggests that, you know, your personality and how you treat your horse is probably how you live your life. Yeah. Now, to do with both of those, because they're both very similar. Yes, yes. Are they ones that someone's told you? Are they ones that you've read? I've read the one Das Frodischstein mirror. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the German one. I read that one. And I think Franz Mayringer or someone said the other one a long time ago. And they're very yep. similar. They probably come from the same thing originally. I don't know. Yep, yep, yep. I'm just writing that one down because I think that's quite good. Yeah. Okay, now what about when you first started with horses? What was that like, your first memories? Yes, I was born into a family who had horses, so yep. I don't really remember them not being horses. Yep. I do remember being – I used to go on the leading rein with either of my parents, and I, the pictures now show me that I was on the um, old stock horse mare who was about probably 15 hands, and my feet reached to the bottom of the knee pads on a very small poly stock saddle. <laughs> <laughs> And then they got me a little pony and I was delighted. But then they thought they'd get me a, you know, little child's pad to go with the little pony. And I can remember being absolutely indignant because it had a monkey grip on it. As oh, if I'd no. need one. <laughs> <laughs> so I do remember that, yes. And I remember a pony escaping with me once. So we rode through one property to get to our property when we lived out west. And the pony got off and he was all of 12 too, and I must have been about five and I always wanted to jump, as my mm. mother did. Yep. We went to a few country shows, and the pony went off meow, down this track heading home, and I thought to myself, great, this time he'll jump. He'll jump the gate. They'll be so impressed with me that he stopped <laughs> it. <laughs> but luckily I didn't fall off. Oh, no. So those are my really early ones. Well, that's quite ambitious, jumping a gate on yeah, the pony on the way home. Well, see, my mother jumped, so, you know, you just assumed that was what she was jumping when the... The country shows still had the big solid, they judged the horses on style and pace and they mm. jumped in a circle around the outside of the showground. Was it the hunter, hunter ones? Yes, they yep. used to judge yep. them, yes, the hunter mm. classes, mm. yes. Was she and, in the, um, did she do high jumps? No, no, no. but she did um, Did the hunters. all the hunter classes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah. And we used to go out to the country shows, yeah. Okay, now from there. 
to having a career with horses, being involved with horses professionally, what was the story there? Can you tell us a bit about that? Did you go straight from school to horses? Did you have another career first? No, I worked in a bank for a while while my brother was at uni, but I don't like being inside all day and I love being with the horses and the cattle. I couldn't I couldn't get out fast enough, to be <laughs> honest. And mum was starting to build up, um, we were also raising cattle, but we were building up um, teaching children and holiday camps where they'd come and they'd have a farm holiday, although riding was the main activity. And once, you know, I could, I left the bank and started working with that and just went on from there. Okay. So with the farm holidays, obviously they rode there? Yes, the riding, they'd have two lessons a day and then we'd do other things, you know, pile them all on the trailer behind the tractor and all, and they'd help feed the animals and run around and harass the, I think probably now harass the cattle, but they loved all that. Yeah. And we always had cats and dogs and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's so a good break for people. What was the longest they'd come? Did they come for a week, a month or a day? Or No, usually in school holidays, usually for five or six days, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, a few, sometimes ones who were semi-regulars, maybe their parents would go overseas and they'd come and stay for a couple of weeks. But most of them came for a week in the holidays. Okay, okay. Yeah. Some of them came on and on. I'm still in touch with a couple. Isn't that good? Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, now for people to work with horses. You know, it's a lot different now than what it used to be. Yes, very much. What do you think are the core skills that people need to start work with horses or character traits? You've got to be, you've got to persevere. They needn't expect to get rich. They'd better really enjoy the work. And then now there's a lot more branches now. You know, there's lots of different things you could go into, Mm. which gives you a lot more. And there's a lot of case and college courses now, which I think is really good. But they've really got to persevere and be prepared to learn and listen. There weren't all the courses back when I was starting, but I was lucky. I did a lot of different things with horses. I rode track work for a while. Obviously, we chased the cattle, went to pony club, did some show jumping, then moved into eventing and got dressage lessons to help Dad and became hooked on dressage. So, yes, I think they need to get out and learn everything they can and be prepared to do the hard work. It's good that you've had a a variety, but I think, you know, what you said about them, anyone coming in, is there is a big variety. It's not just, you know, go and work in stables and pick up manure all day. There's lots and lots of things that you can do with horses and and things that complement. You know, you could work in an office in the horse industry in lots of different things but still with horses, so complementing your other one. Mm, mm. Yes, yes, and I've got a delightful girl now who does a couple of afternoons a week to help me and she – she did a year at Marcus Oldham and she did half practical horse things, particularly show preparation and things, and half business, basic business principles, computer skills yep. and everything. Yep, yep. And, so perfect. Um, she's terrific. So, mm, And mm. she's probably got her own little business because she's working for a couple of people now. One lady was injured. You know, just helping. She can feed. She can plait. She's competent handling. She's very sensible. Yep. So there's a lot, and yet she's not not an ace rider yet. She's quite a good little rider. But you know, I mean, there's lots of things you can do. Mm, and mm. she's a really good worker. Okay. You know. Not so that that's got to be a key skill then to be a good worker, have a good work ethic. Oh, look, I think so. Over yeah. the years, I've employed so many who thought they'd just come and play pretty ponies. Yes. And even getting older, I could still work their little legs off without even being mean. They just don't understand, a lot of them, how much work there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's physical. Yeah. What about people who've helped you? You've talked about your mother. 
Yes, my mother and... I think probably the less... I've been lucky. I've had lessons over the years from a lot of good coaches, but I think the standouts would be Franz Meyeringer mm-hmm. and then Edgar Lichtwark. I've trained with Edgar for 18 yep. years. He died some years ago. But I think what impressed me about those people, they're not just trainers, they're really good horsemen. I had a couple mm-hmm. of odd little horses when I went to Edgar, and he, he didn't mind. It wasn't, we have to sell this and get you a better horse. It was, let's see what we can do with this horse. And they're the ones you learn from. They're maybe yes. not the best competition horses, but, you know, they're the ones you really, really learn from. One of the naughtiest, wickedest horses I ever had when I was probably in my late 20s, he never became a reliable competition horse. But, oh, dear, I learned a lot from him. <laughs> you wouldn't want too many like him. They'd break your heart. But, yeah, just to learn what to do with all their tricks and their upsets and whether they're naughty or whether they're frightened. Um, yeah, so those horses yeah, don't yeah. necessarily make you into a top competition rider, but they make you a better coach, don't they? You need to cope with a lot more. Mm, mm. Look, absolutely. And I mean, when I finally retired him, and I had a lot of lessons on him and done, I mean, I I won a restricted novice event with him and I got him up to competing, not winning, but competing at elementary dressage. But he would always find a way to let you down Mm. um, or some new, new thing. But it did make me really able to help pupils with almost most quirks, except obviously if it was totally a rodeo horse. But do you know what I mean? Most of his little quirks and how to defuse him so he didn't get upset and bucked. And he taught me all that. Yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's good. It's, it's disappointing if you want to compete, but it, it does really, really teach you. And a lot of people don't have the patience for that. The other thing, one of the things I'm seeing lately is, well, this is not just recent, it's been for a few years now, if people are having trouble, we used to roll up our sleeves and go and get some help, get some lessons and see what we could do with a horse. Mm-hmm. Now they tend to send it off to a trainer for a week. And I came across recently a horse that was for sale, nice little rider, but she'd had it for a week with this event trainer and a week with that event trainer. Every time she had a problem, she sent it to someone else for a week. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think there was a lot wrong with the horse. Okay, okay. <laughs> You know, yeah. instead of getting someone to help her deal with the problem, she just gets someone she to fix it learned. for a week, and they couldn't. Yes, yeah. uh, even a good yeah. trainer can't just fix it in a week. Yeah, and yeah. That's, we're all in a hurry, I think. Sometimes, too, the horse goes off to the trainer's place. The trainer can ride it. Problems fixed. That's right. As soon as the yes. horse comes yes. on, the horse has got a big smile on his face, and he goes, "Yep, I'm back. That's I'm back right. here where I do this trick." Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I've had school horses like that, mm. you know, some mm. of them. Yep. All right. Now, what do you think is your proudest moment with horses? Look, I think probably a couple of things. Um, my little horse who came years ago through Rouse Hill Knackery, I ended up winning, completed the Sydney three-day event at Intermediate with mm-hmm. him. I ended up winning, well, it used to be graded slightly differently then, a winning advanced two-day event at Hawkesbury. And I can just remember I was just so thrilled. Yep. But I think the other things, I mean, he was only a little horse. I carried a lot of lead. He was just so brave. Yep. But I, I think the other ones have just been little things, little successes or helping someone who's trying hard and getting another step with their horse. I really get a lot out of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much did you pay for the horse from the knackery? Um, well, we're going back to the 70s. Yep. We didn't find out immediately he'd been through the knacker. He came from some dealers and then someone recognised him. Yep, yep. And I think probably mother bought him. He wasn't yep. quite what she wanted, so I got him. I think about $200. Okay. He's a very attractive little horse. Yes, yes. I think he was whole 15, one and a half. <laughs> it's nice that he's ended up doing something useful. Yes, yeah, yes, and he yeah. stayed 
with me till I had to euthanize him at 33. So that's mm-hmm. not bad, is it? Mm-hmm. Done well, done well. All right, Elizabeth, yeah. um, tell us then about a training tip for people to improve. You know, something that you might see as a common problem and how can we fix that? I think the common problems I see are position. I'll go back to Franz Meyringer. And we didn't talk about quite so much the German training scale then. He had three things. He said position, pace, line. Your position, your pace, your line. In other words, you fix your position. He was very strict about that because if you don't sit correctly, how can the horse travel straight and carry you correctly? Also, it's safer for you. Pace, you set the pace. He doesn't rush all over or dawdle and line. You try as well as you can to ride accurately and that will gradually get better and I think often the problems are go back to your basics the very beginning stuff and have a look at that and another thing that's really good if you can find someone in your area who will help you with training you know groundwork teach them on the ground that can be a big help people get on and get frightened and hang on and then the problems compound so I think yes fix your position and maybe get some good help on the ground if you're having a serious problem Mm. And it's amazing how much the work on the ground can affect the problem. Sometimes it's just a little bit of freshness or a little bit of lack of understanding on the horse's part. They can be taught on the ground then before someone yes. gets put on top. Yeah. Yes. I've recently done some work with Jose Mendez and he's very, very clever with the groundwork. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the other thing is Edgar taught me a lot with correct lunging and correct double lunging. There's lots and lots of things you can do. But you do need some help to get started, I think. Oh, hang on a sec. Let me interrupt to let people know about the horse industry qualifications at onlinehorsecollege.com. If you have a look at the flexible options, there's online theory and the practical components can be completed by video or with a qualified expert in your area. That website again is onlinehorsecollege.com. Okay, thanks. So when you say double lunging, you mean with the two horses being lunged at the same time? No, no, the two reins, like oh, okay. almost driving yeah. them, but you work from the centre of the circle. Because oh, he used to talk about lunging three or four at the same time. He drove, he drove. <laughs> yes, I've yes. only driven a friend's old trotter in Hinasaki. Yeah, yeah. But no, Edgar loved driving. He'd driven four in hands. He'd done all the No, I'm talking about lunging. I, that's what I said, Lung, lunging, oh, lunging. Oh, no, three sorry. or four no, at I once. Don't. Yep, then he, he was telling me about it. I said, what, three or four together at the same time? And he said, yes, oh, look, together probably, at the same um, time. Yeah, he was very talented. He's very, very, very oh. good trainer, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was amazing. One night when towards the end when he wasn't at all well, he was showing us these videos and he'd been talking about this very big 18-hand, very stiff jumping horse that he'd ridden for someone. Mm. And he was showing these old films at Ark and I didn't realise because they weren't, the faces on the riders weren't that clear. This horse was jumping these honestly enormous fences and one of the girls with us watching said, is that you, Edgar? And he went, chuckle, chuckle. He hadn't told us, but yes. Mm, Jumping mm, at Arkin mm. on this huge horse that no one else wanted to ride, apparently. <laughs> now, there yeah. wasn't much he couldn't do, and he was just, he was incredible. I'd like to be as good at assessing what this, well, I try, you know, what this rider can handle and what this horse can handle now. He seemed yes. to know how much you could push and when to stop. Some people keep pushing too far when you've got what you're going to get for today. And he, he was very clever about that. Yep, yep, yep. No, he was good. Yeah. Now, we talked earlier about a book. Have you got a book or books that you can recommend? Oh, yes, yes, I've got a book. 
Yeah. I, I'd also say anything by Ingrid Klimka. Yes. But this latest one I bought, and I think it's terrific and it's easy to read and beautifully illustrated, it's Collection or Contortion by Gerd Heuschmann, the Dr. Heuschmann, yep. who wrote Tug of War in those books. But this is, I think, this little book's particularly easy and really, if you read it and pay attention, it's quite technical, but it's very easy to read and understand and brilliant diagrams and drawings, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, I think everybody should read that. I was horrified. Some really nice young writer teaching at a local writing club recently. And she, she's a nice writer, but oh, they wanted to get, there was a group of them wanted to get their heads down more because they weren't doing very well in their dress such as So they had no concept of what, <laughs> maybe why you wouldn't use running reins or why you would, you know, it was just all going yeah. to get their heads down. Yeah, yeah. So they need to read some of these things, I think. I think, um, yeah, that would be quite controversial, collection or contortion, yeah. Yes. Um, All right. yeah, no, and he's written another nice book thing. too. What what was the other book he's written? Tug of War. A Tug of War, yep, yep. Yes, yep. Yeah. So. I think there's a couple of others, but that's the two I've got. And Ingrid Klimka's book, she redid her father's, you know, basic yes, training that's book. Right, that's right, that's illustrations. Yep. And I recently saw on the internet some beautiful pole exercises that she'd put yes. on there or someone had put on with her, which you could use whether you were training some of them for a young horse and the rest for jumpers or dressage horses, you know, yes. really good exercises. Mm, mm. And I think that's, you know, sometimes people think about dressage horses and they don't think about pole exercises or any sort of gymnastic work. They and need I it. Think, I think her views on that are quite open and I think, you know, she's had the results to prove that, um, you know, something can work. Absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm a complete fan. Yes, mm, I think mm, she's amazing. Mm. All right, Elizabeth, what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to? Mm. Well, I've got a young mare. She's had a freak injury. It's coming good. I'm dying for her to be ready to ride again. She's only 16 hands, real bed chicana, dear little thing. So I'm just dying for her to be well again and basically just staying healthy, keeping on riding, keeping on teaching. <laughs> Sounds like you're uh, yeah, living the life. Yep. Oh, yeah. listen, I didn't. I talked to you about your proudest moment. I didn't actually ask you about your biggest challenge. What's that's been? I think sometimes that's been to actually get time for me and for riding and having lots of lessons, which I adore having, um, with the farm and all the work here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's been the hardest to get, you know, more time for myself. I mean, I've been lucky. I've had lessons from, I mentioned France, George Santa, Rod Brown, uh, Tina Wommelsdorf, obviously Edgar, and for a little while when she was well enough, Edgar's wife, Marianne. Mm-hmm. And um, Penny Valentin used to come out. I used to go to her clinics. So, yeah, I just really enjoy learning and going. But, yeah, sometimes Good. it's been really hard to have the time to ride and do all the work because I've got <laughs> cattle as well. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. All right. Now, how can you sum up your philosophy into a lesson today? Well, I think you've got to think think a little bit about how the horse feels about things. I don't mean like someone who used to come to pony club years ago and say, oh, he can't do this today. He's just had a nervous breakdown in relation to her pony. Mm. But yes, you do need to assess your horse, you know, and they're all different, just like we're all different. Yes. And I think that's really important that, you know, some of them you've got to be be quite firm and others you mustn't, you know, you'll just upset them terribly. Yep. Yep. That's where I admire the people like Edgar who just seem to be so clever out of assessing how much and how far with a particular horse or a particular rider. And I think that takes a lot of time and watching and learning and doing, but I think that's probably the most important thing. Otherwise, but just generally I'd go back position, pace, line, get that sorted first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good, good.
All right then. Now, Elizabeth, how can people contact you? I think the landline, after dark's the best. Okay. Uh, it's 02 Okay, and that will be on your page as well at Horse Chats, which will be horsechats.com slash Elizabeth McMaster or just search Elizabeth. Okay, thanks, Elizabeth. That's been very good talking to you today and hopefully we'll catch up again sometime soon. Okay, goodbye. Thank you. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.